Hello and welcome to episode one of the Two Weird Women podcast, the podcast where we break down, rate, recommend and discuss the latest, the greatest, the not so great and the hopefully interesting TV shows, films and entertainment news. I'm Ariel Harik. And I'm Carvel Mensah and this is our podcast. As it is our first episode, before we get started, we just wanted to introduce ourselves to you and tell you a little bit about the podcast and why we want to do it. You want to go first? Yep, I'm Carvel. I wanted to do this podcast because we talk about films and TV amongst ourselves like 24-7. And I thought it would be interesting to give our views, critiques, opinions, differences even with a wider audience. I love the fact that art can reflect reality. But what I love more so is that art can create a whole new reality. So like for those two to three hours, you're lost in somebody else's vision from the script down to like the technical team, the actors, cinematography, which is the aspect I absolutely love. It's all about collaboration to make a final product. I want to be entertained. I want to be moved. I want all of that, but most importantly, I want to learn. I want to come away and think, all right, what did this teach me? Well, um, not really sure how I can top that answer. Starting to wish that I went first. Um, But I'm RL. I consider myself to be a bit of a film and TV junkie. I really like crime dramas, true crime documentaries and psychological thrillers. And this is starting to sound a little bit like a weird dating profile. Anyway, the main reason why I wanted to do this podcast is actually because I feel like there is a real lack of diverse voices in film and TV. Um, Not saying that I'm trying to be a critic or anything, but I think it's important to have different opinions and views available out there. And, you know, I enjoy talking about films and TV shows and whatever, so why not? Why not? So on today's episode, we're going to touch on the award season so far what is new and available to watch this March, and we'll give our thoughts on Coming to America 2, the sequel that premiered on Amazon Prime earlier this month. First, though, we thought it'd be fun to ask some questions, get to know each other, and also for the audience at home. So we've got random questions here, and I'm just going to, you know, ask a few, and you ask some more too. All right, I've got one for you. What are two of your pet peeves? Ah, two of my pet peeves. Um, well, one, I really dislike when people misspell my name. Like, I know there's so many different ways to spell any one name, but like when it's a situation where my name is actually visible, I just I find it so inconsiderate. Especially because I just think you know I'm so used to people misspelling my name often that I just I'd really appreciate it if people would just take the time to actually look at my name and just type it out correctly. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, well, um, ooh. I also really, really dislike when someone coughs or sneezes, especially in public without covering their mouth. Like, it's so disgusting to me. I don't understand how it's not second nature to, like, you know, cover your mouth or at least cough into your arm. It's, it's nasty, man. Literally having germs spread everywhere. Um, for me, I really hate when people bite their fingernails, they clip their fingernails or their toenails. In public, because that shouldn't ever be happening in public. Right? With it flying everywhere. Now, it just makes me shiver. Um, and I feel really uncomfortable. Uh, what I also don't like is when I'm going to the kettle, when I'm going to boil the kettle and it's empty. Really? I'm, I'm the opposite. I just hate the thought of the water becoming all stale and just like hanging around in the kettle all day. I don't want to accidentally press ball and I'm boiling nothing. Funny enough, actually, my nan actually said this to me the other day. She basically had to buy a new kettle because my cousin didn't put water in it. And it actually, well, 
you know she's old, she's exaggerating, she said it blew up. And I was like, it definitely didn't. But I guess it's something that can happen if you don't put water in the kettle. But anyway, um, next question. What was your all-time favourite film as a child? Hmm. You know what? I absolutely loved Matilda <laughs> with Tani DeVito. You cracked me up. I've probably watched it a million times on video. Wow, video, you know, you're taking it back. I had some good films on video, actually. I really wish we kept them, especially like the old school 90s films and my Disney classics. Mm. Yeah, and Roald Dahl, like, he, he writes amazing, like, children's books. And I felt so for her. Like, all she wanted to do was study. Mm. <laughs> but, um, no, Matilda is a good film, actually. Like, it really is. And I love Roald Dahl. I feel like he's got this, I don't know, this timeless quality to his, his stories. Um, I'm actually reading a book of his right now. It's a, well, it's a collection of stories. Um, I think, like, the adult stories that he's written in his life. But, no, um, I think Matilda's on Netflix now, actually. So I think I might go and watch that later. It's kind of like my perfect Sunday film. Uh, what about you? What What's your favourite? You know what? It's got to be Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, I love that film. I just, I don't think anything has topped it since. I mean, obviously, there's good films out there. Like, um, but films like it, no, nothing, nothing comes close. And I just, I love how it blends, you know, like, film noir with animation. Like, it's, it's brilliant. And the older I get, like, the more I appreciate it. Yeah, it was ahead of its time, actually. Um, okay. Would you rather trade intelligence for looks or looks for intelligence? Dun, dun, dun. Um, I guess looks for intelligence, right? Because, well, looks fade. Well, not fade, but, you know, with women especially, I don't feel like we're really praised for aging in the same way that men are. Like, we're never going to have a female silver fox. So, you know, we only really praise women for looking younger than they are so yeah I, I don't mind being a bit of a brain box instead yeah i'd rather trade um trade looks for intelligence i i want to see what i can do with my full capacity of intelligence in it um all right next question um who in your opinion is the funniest comedian all right so i watched chris rock um at the lyric hammersmith and he cracked me up like i thought he was smart like really really smart with his comedy not necessarily his films because he doesn't always play like a comedian um but stand up he was great so i'm gonna go with christopher rock i don't think i've ever seen the chris rock stand up well actually i haven't really watched that many stand-ups um i've seen mo gilligan though Catherine ryan and russell howard live and they were good but i think in terms of like the funniest like laugh out loud funny i'm gonna have to say cat williams for me oh really yeah, I watched a few of his stand-ups on Netflix um, and I was literally, I was in tears, like, his delivery and everything. He's just such, like, he's so eccentric as a character. I've never watched him. People go on about him, so so I'll uh, give it a go. Yeah, he's, he's, he's on Netflix, so why not? Um, anyway, we are in the month of March again. It's been a weird 12 months, I think the world can agree. I mean, aside from the obvious virus that shall not be named... A chicken nugget was launched into space. The Pentagon released videos of UFOs. And there was a time when we were literally running out of toilet paper. So, yeah, it's been a wild ride. But nonetheless, this March has been a busy one. Award season is finally in full swing after some delays. So far, we've had the Golden Globes, the Critics' Choice Awards. We've got the nominations for the SAG and the BAFTAs and the Oscars. 
There was Mother's Day, International Women's Day, and it's currently Women's History Month, which I can't lie, I didn't actually know that was a thing. See, to be honest, I don't recall it happening either. Women's Day I recall every year, but I don't recall Women's History Month. But, you know, as we're on the subject of women's history and speaking of awards season, three women in particular made history by being the first three women ever all to be nominated at the same time for Best Director of the Golden Globes. So you had One Night in Miami by Regina King, Promising Young Woman, directed by Emerald Fennell, and Nomadland, directed by Chloe Zhao. All three were up again at the Critics' Choice Awards and for both events, Chloe Zhao won, which is amazing and well-deserved, but it's 2021. Why are we still making this kind of history? No, I agree. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be making this kind of history in 2021 because, you know, women working in film and, and the TV industry, you know, it's not new. It's not even rare. Like, you know, there's so many great shows that have been created by women or have female writers involved, like Grey's Anatomy, which I'm currently binging, Atypical, Killing Eve, you know, Queen and Slim, which is a wicked film, The Miseducation of Cameron Post, another brilliant film, Captain Marvel, Wonder Woman, like the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Plus, on there are roles like behind the camera, for example, cinematographers. Think of a film that you thought was visually stunning, had great colours or shot in a certain way that would have been most likely down to your, the cinematographer. You know, you've got Rachel Morrison, 2017, became the first woman ever to be nominated for Best Cinematography at the Academy Awards for Mudbound. She's also worked on Black Panther. You've got cinematographers such as Polly Morgan, Ava Bukowski, Kira Kelly, just to name a few. Then you've got some other roles like Key Grip and they're in charge of the camera department. Tana Dub is well known, but at the moment is not a role held by many women. Um, she's most recently worked on Birds of Prey. Hmm, wow. It does seem like some of the world, at least, is slowly making an effort to, like, address, you know, issues like diversity. I mean, we definitely have a long, long way to go, but hopefully we are moving forward, not backwards. And you know what? Like, things like the, this year's BAFTA's nominations in particular, for example, you know, they've got four females and three foreign language film directors up for Best Director. And, you know, as we discussed earlier, the fact that female directors are being considered more so now than ever before hopefully this will become the norm and not just like some weird streak but um on the subjects of awards actually did you think there were any surprises or notable moments from the award shows so far yes i was surprised not to see insecure up for a golden globe like i thought it was one of the best comedies and dramas combined you know it's a great show and i know a lot of people feel the same also Little Fires Everywhere, such a great miniseries. I would love to see that get more recognition. 100% I agree. I think Insecure and Little Fires Everywhere, they were like really, really good shows. And, you know, good shows are actually rare. Like a show that can keep you interested, like from beginning to end, and you genuinely want to see what happens with the characters. Like that's very, very rare. I was also, though, well, very disappointed, actually, that Michaela Cole didn't receive, you know, like a Golden Globe for um, I May Destroy You, because I, I personally think that was one of the best shows to ever come out of the UK in a very long time. Not to say that we're not good at creating amazing dramas, because we are, but it was so honest and it like really explored things that we really just don't see on TV and we, we don't talk about. Um, also, the actors in Lovecraft Country really deserved more. I mean, I know um, Michael K. Williams won Best Supporting Actor at the Critics' Choice Award, but... 
to me, all the performances in there were brilliant. I agree with you, especially with I May Destroy You. All right, so, you know, we're in March. So let's let's see what's what's out, what's available to watch in the month of March. So at last, fans, The Good Doctor Season 4 is out. If you're a fan of The Good Doctor, it's back. <laughs> and it's available on uh, Sky One to watch. Um, and you can hear a clip of that here. I want to be known as a good doctor, not a good autistic doctor. Very few things that are worthwhile in life come without a cost, Jean. He sees things we can't even begin to understand. And that's extraordinary. What did you think this job was? To save people's lives. Moxie's another one that's available this month on Netflix. It's directed by Amy Poller. Um, it's a book-to-film adaptation, and I think the timing of it is perfect. It's about high school girls finding their voice in a society that sweeps issues under the carpet. It's about standing up for themselves and fighting for change. Um, and you can hear a clip of that here. Mom, what do 16-year-olds uh, care about? When I was 16, all I cared about was smashing the patriarchy and burning it all down. Did you hear rankings are already starting? Emma Cunningham's just going to get ranked most bangable for the second year in a row. If you keep your head down, we'll move on and bother somebody else. I'm going to keep my head up. This seems like a women's issue and I'm going to stay out of it. If you're doing nothing, then you're part of the problem. Literally so gassed that the Good Doctor season four is back. Like I feel like I've been waiting forever. So, yep, you know, I started watching that already. Um, haven't actually watched Moxie yet, but it's it's on my list. But I'm going to get round to it this weekend, hopefully. Um, but what should I recommend? I've watched a quite, like, quite a few things lately, actually. But um, I did watch a new film that the Warner Brothers released recently called Locked Down with... Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor. Um, it's basically about a couple who break up and then they're forced into lockdown because of, you know, the virus we shall not name. Um, anyway, it's a bit of a random storyline, I thought. Um, you know, they somehow, in the midst of this, like, lockdown and this weird sort of situation that their relationship's in, they decide they're going to try and pull off a jewel heist. But, um, I don't know, I, I, I quite enjoyed it, actually. It's, a, it's kind of like, you know... A feel-good film not the best film in the world but you know it's definitely one of those films you can sit down and watch and like have a um a little laugh anyway here's a clip of it now hi paxton we are in london in total lockdown we are all locked in this psychological prison of burning aloneness how's linda she's somewhere in there I've been furloughed. Now there is literally zero purpose to my life. All the major department stores are closing. They want everything out of the next four days. We have a problem. At Harrods, we have four million dollars worth of jewelry. Someone's gonna have to pack the valuables up. Harrods. A diamond. Who'd have thought a month ago we'd be doing this? So yeah, that was lockdown available on most streaming sites to rent, including Amazon Prime, YouTube, um, and Apple TV. The other thing I recommend that I actually watched recently um, is a show called Trigonometry, um, which is available on BBC iPlayer. It's about a couple who had to take a lodger in because they are in need of money, um, and they end up both developing feelings for her. I like it. It's really interesting, and uh, you know, it really focuses on the emotional side of polyamory. Um, it's a good little show, and that's on BBC iPlayer. Here's a little clip of that now. I don't want a lodger. Hi! We're gonna address the way you just looked at her. Should we address the way you just looked at her? They were landlords. It's weird. I cannot not feel what I feel. Love her, don't you? I do. I do too. Oh, I'm I'm intrigued by trigonometry. Definitely gonna check that out. Also, 
Warner Brothers finally released Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes, they did. Have you watched it yet? I sure have. What did you think? It's funny, I don't always uh, gravitate and rush to watch biographies. Really? I feel like, I don't know, maybe more honoured when it's something that's based on real events. Like, someone has actually lived this and it's being shared with us in such a, like, unique way that we can almost live in the moment with them. And particularly when it's about, like, you know, history. It's interesting to me because it's not the crap that we learn at school. I just know with biographies, I'm going to be on like an emotional roller coaster. So it does take me a while to hit the play button. But, you know, when I did hit the play button, I was I was really moved by such strong performances by Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield and Dominic, Dominic Fishback. I felt like the, the title was perfect. The title depicted the level of betrayal that happened and also the importance of Fred Hampton. Um, I found myself hitting up Google and that's when I know it's done its job when I'm Googling what's happened next. Yeah, I agree. Whenever you want to research something more about what you've watched, it's obviously like it's it's it's, it's left an impact on you. Um, but no, I to be honest, I agree completely with what you said. I thought it was a wicked film. I thought the performances were brilliant. As you said, you know, Daniel Kaluuya, um, Lakeith Stanfield, excellent performances. Yes, and Dominique Fishback as well, actually. She, she played a really good... Um, character as well i really enjoyed um the fbi agent um jesse plemons i think his name is in real life i thought his performance was brilliant but generally speaking i mean there wasn't even really anyone that i could pick out as not doing well like it was a real sort of performance led um film and i agree actually about what you said about the title i think it was perfect like you couldn't think of a better title it's a brilliant brilliant film um and if you haven't seen it yet, go and watch that. It's available on most digital platforms. But anyway, speaking of new films, it's time to get on to our review of Coming to America, which premiered on the 5th of March on Amazon Prime. Be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. Spoilers, spoilers. Um, yeah, I had high hopes for Coming to America. I loved the first one. So I was really looking forward to this one unfortunately it didn't meet my expectations i feel like the story of the long lost son actually wasn't needed i felt like it could have been a story that focused on father and daughter and her fighting for the throne um i, I think maybe if the original didn't exist then my expectations wouldn't have been so high but it's very hard for me not to compare the two when i really love number one i'm the same to be honest i think i was a little disappointed as well um I feel like the sequel was a bit of a betrayal to the original, um, just because Prince Hakeem's whole ethos was essentially to, you know, rebel against tradition. But then somehow he went back on all of that in number two, and he's he's just a completely different character. Um, the fact that he was supposedly had a son as well was just it was just ridiculous to me. You know, the first one was a classic, and I think it was perfect. But this one, I don't know, it just felt a little outdated, I guess. Um, and I mean, look, I enjoy seeing shows and films of black people included in the cast, particularly as main characters, because, you know, it's important to see people that look like you on TV. But I mean, when you think about like people like Lena Waif and Jordan Peele and what they're doing right now, I think, well, I'm not sure we needed a sequel, but if it was needing to be done, it, it could have just been 10 times better. But you know what I enjoyed? I enjoyed the cameos. There was and Vogue, Salt and Pepper... And Wesley Snipes playing General Izzy. Uh, to be fair, Wesley Snipes was actually a comical character. 
his hairstyle was odd but talking of Wesley Snipes it's going to be a brand new Blade film and as you know the first Blade came out in 1998 starring Wesley Snipes was the first installment in the Blade trilogy so this remake is due out in 2022 and this time Blade will be played by Mahershala I can't wait to see what he brings to the role and it will be written by Stacey Osei-Kofor, making her the first black woman to write a Marvel film, which is amazing. Um, she's worked on Watchmen, she's worked, she's worked on things, you know, and I'm looking forward to see what she does with this. There have been a lot of remakes out there, some that have worked, some that haven't. So I'll ask the question for you, like, what remakes do you feel should have been left alone and never done, and what has actually worked? Find out next time. But for now, you've been listening to Two Weird Women. I'm Carvel Metzer. And I'm R.L. Harik. Thank you for listening.